0: I was uh, speaking with a young man that we were texting back and forth. I've been witnessing to him and he told me these people were attacking him and being rude and nasty. I said, man, you need to pray for him. About an hour later, he sent me back a YouTube video of a country song where this guy was saying, I'm praying for you. And he was saying, I'm praying that your brakes wear out. <laughs> I'm praying that a pot falls. I said, no, <laughs> we got to be clear. <laughs> we got to be clear what we're praying. I want to read to you from Acts chapter four In Acts chapter four at the onset of the church where they were being about the business of Christ. He told them, you go into all the world and you make disciples. He told them that that the Messiah has come. That he died for the sins of the world, that he rose again victoriously. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, sent his spirit to live inside of them, and said, Now you go carry that gospel. And when they started going, they met opposition. And I want you to see how they prayed. They didn't pray like an Old Testament saint, saying, God send the deliverer, God send a new thing. What did they really pray? In Acts chapter 4, Beginning at verse 29, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. We're doing what you said to do, Jesus. You told us to go into all the world and preach this good news. I'm doing that, and people got mad. And now they're threatening me. And he didn't say, God, go and just go and smite them, oh smiter. That's not what he said. What he said was God, I need a greater boldness. And I'm telling you, that is the missing ingredient now. I know many people who have great doctrinal statements. They can dissect the word of God. But if I have no boldness in the gospel, I will not have the effectiveness that I see in scripture. And he says, you behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They prayed in agreement with the heart of God. That's what they did. They prayed in agreement with the heart of God and the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I was speaking to a man who had planted multiple churches across America. And I was talking to him, what kind of persecution have you seen in America in different states? He said, the only real persecution I've ever seen in America was from the lukewarm wanting the church to stay dead. Oh, dear God, we we have to get to a place of repentance to where we see, man, am I actually having this holy boldness to where I'll stand up? And proclaim God's word no matter who it makes mad. And it was George Whitefield who had pointed out, and he was a preacher in the 1700s, he had pointed out that to live for, to truly live for Christ in our day and time was to purely be a scandal. And oh man, we look around now and we have to get to where we pray. I often use what's in an acronym, PUSH, pray until something happens. I'm sure we've all used that or heard that, right? But I'm telling you a better one. It doesn't make a good acronym, but we pray because of what has happened. We pray not because wicked are getting more wicked, not because the world's getting darker. We're praying not because the unrighteous have hijacked the Christian boldness that we're supposed to be walking in. We're praying not because the wicked are beginning to shove their unrighteousness and immorality and smear it in our faces. That's not why we're praying. We're praying because 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. Born of a virgin. We're praying because Jesus came. And he lived a sin free life. And he died for all of our sins. He died for the sins of the whole world. And then he rose again victorious. That's why we pray. Because Jesus has come and he's brought salvation for whosoever will. That's why we pray. And whenever somebody truly believes that, somebody truly believes that, the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Well, I'm just having trouble with my Christian boldness. It's because I do not understand that there is righteousness in Christ alone. That's where the problem is. If I think that some of it is my righteousness, then I will not have the boldness of God. It'll end up being meanness and nastiness, but it will not be boldness that brings people to Christ. I've meet a lot of people. And one of the things that I do when I meet someone who was not raised in a Christian home, but now they believe on Jesus Christ. And I'll ask them, tell me about the person who led you to faith in Christ. And they'll talk about different denominations. They'll talk about different statuses in life. Different ages. They'll talk about different classes. But one thing that is always the common denominator. They'll say they had such a holy boldness. To declare a risen savior. That I said this must be real. Everywhere I go. They'll talk about those. Who believed in Jesus Christ. So much. That the spirit of Christ flowed out of them in a living way oh that's what i need right now i need more of that in my life when we see the apostle paul later on when he's in prison and he's writing to the believers he doesn't pray hey you guys pray that i'll get amnesty pray that i'll get set free He says, I want you to pray for me, Christians, but you pray that I will have boldness to open up my mouth and to declare the word of God. Oh, if that has not been your prayer, I'm asking you that you would make that your prayer now. That you would make that your prayer now. Oh God, give churches, give Christians a holy boldness. Every year that has went by, every generation where we see that Christians have backed up from the Great Commission. Every year that the church has done that, the wicked have been emboldened. Every generation that was deceived into believing that they could be a closet Christian. Every generation that was tricked by the subtleties of Satan into thinking that I I can be a Christian just not in public. I can be a Christian but not on my job. I can be a Christian but not out here. And they slowly handed the nation over to Satan because of deception. If you're a teacher, you need to be a Christian first and then a teacher. If you're in politics, you need to be a Christian first and then be in politics, no matter what you're doing. If you're bagging groceries at the grocery store, you need to be a Christian first and then do that job. And you do it as unto the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. Everything we say and everything we do. The scripture points out that we have complete and full salvation in Jesus Christ. But then he also says that there is a day whenever we are going to be called into account for every idle word. And I know we don't like to talk about that in church. But we ain't in church. We're out here. Every idle word. Every dead, powerless word. Every word not spoken in the authority of the Holy Spirit. Every word spoken that was not empowered by the life and the love of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be held accountable for it. Oh God, forgive me. And Lord, I want to to cultivate this holy fear before you to the place where I cannot fear man anymore. That has to be the cry of your heart. I want to cultivate this holy reverence and awe at the cross of Calvary to where I say he has done so much. How dare I not bring that good news to the lost? He has given the only way of salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I want to say, I can't talk about it now. Oh dear God, I don't ever want that to be me. Well, well, what if you get in trouble? What if you don't share the gospel? And then the one who is really, the one who can really hold man accountable, The, the way that Jesus pointed that out about not fearing man, who can only destroy this life, who can only destroy the body. He said, how dare you not fear God, who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. And right now, whenever we look at the account of Lazarus crying out to Abraham, send somebody, send a preacher, send Lazarus, send somebody to tell my relative, send somebody to tell others, don't come here. And that's our job now. We get the blessing and it is a privilege to be ambassadors of Christ now. We get the privilege to carry the gospel of Christ. And so many times, whenever I meet people, and you would think, man, this person does. This person hates God. This person's going to get mad if you mention Jesus. They're the ones who was starving internally so bad that everything you mentioned from the Bible, they soaked it up like a sponge. They were starving for the things of God, starving for the Word of God. We don't get the judge by the outward and say, oh, you look like a Christian. Oh, she doesn't look like a Christian. What I have to do is bring this good news to a lost and dying world, God's way, not my way. I have to get into a place of prayer and fear before God to where that holy boldness is the result. To where I understand the righteousness of God is in Christ Jesus alone. That any righteousness that I could ever cultivate is just filthy rags before God. But as I'm consolidated, as I'm solidified in my faith in Jesus Christ. That your eyes begin to look up off of this decaying world. And all the garbage going on and all the hate and all the backstabbing that's going on all around us. You start lifting your eyes up and you fasten your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord begins to strengthen you. All of a sudden, the cares of this life are just that. Somebody else's cares. The cares of this life, whenever you fix your eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. No, it doesn't mean life's going to be a bed of roses, but it does mean you're going to have the answer to the problems of life. It does, that, it does mean that the one in whom you've put your faith is, he is able to keep that which you have committed unto him against that day. And that's the call of prayer that I want to give you today. I want to ask you in one mind and in one accord, To do like the church did in the book of Acts. Say, dear God, you see what's going on in the world today. You see the threatenings they're making. You see the attitudes they have. God, give your servants boldness. Give us boldness to declare your word. And then walk in that love. A bold love. A bold love for people and a bold love for God. How many of you would pray that with me today? Yes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace and we receive it right now. God, we are standing in faith. You see the things that are going on in this world. They haven't taken you by surprise. Your ears not dull that you can't hear. Your arm's not short that you can't bring salvation. Father, you see the threatenings. You see the things going on. God, grant us boldness to stand in faith in what you've done, to stand in faith in the deliverance of the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to stand in this holy boldness that is such a reverence for you, An awestruck wonder of you and your salvation that we can't fear other things. Oh God, help us to have this faith to step out and believe you for the miraculous. Help us to believe you for souls to be saved. Help us to believe you for our lost loved ones. Those of us who are standing here right now representing families who have lost loved ones. Father, help us to believe you for them to be saved. That laborers would come across their path. And that your word that's been planted in their heart would be watered and it would grow up. Father, help us. Give us such a love for you that we cannot love the world. Help us to have such a close-knit friendship with you that we would refuse to be a friend of the world and make ourselves your enemy. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in this lost world right now. But God, help us to see it as a privilege. Help us to see each day as a privilege to declare Jesus is Lord. Help us to see each day as a privilege to declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ everywhere we go and in everything we do. Father, we thank you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.